0: Hello, everybody. My name is Frank C., and I am a compulsive Reader. Um, When I came into these rooms, I weighed over 400 pounds, and uh, I just went to the doctor this last week, and I weighed 250 pounds. Um, And I've kept it off since, uh, well, I, I came into these rooms in 2005. So... I found my sponsor in September of 2005 and I started losing weight. And uh, I've kept it off since then. Um, I This is my, I'm on my third sponsor. My first one actually passed away. He had a congenitive heart disease. The second one I lost in the pandemic. And the third one I found after the pandemic. So um, uh, I, I'm in Los Angeles uh West Coast, uh Pacific uh, daylight time. And my phone number is 310 658 2296. Okay. So I think today I ever had this reading for my sponsor today and I just wanna what I read and then I write something about it is I I found it in one of my daily readers I neither have the right nor the responsibility to judge others. My self-righteousness causes me spiritual harm. And I want to say, when I walked into Overeaters Anonymous, I had my doubts whether or not I belonged here. Well, I want to say that when I walked in, all the meetings were practically nothing but women, and I'm a guy. And there were many overweight people there. Now, a side note, I weighed over 400 pounds, so it's like, who's why am I judging? And I kept hearing shares about food, and I said to myself, well, I don't have a problem with food. I just want to lose weight. How can I eat what I want and lose weight? That's what I want. And I heard this share by this one lady where she said when she watches TV, she wants to eat. In my mind, I thought, well, why don't you just turn the TV off? That's what I thought. And, you know, I just saw a a lot of losers there, and and that wasn't me. And, um, you know, it took me a while to lose that idea, that self-righteous, I'm better than everybody, I'm unique. You know, Um, it took me, oh, what, about nine months before I actually asked the sponsor. when I came in, I was um, I was worried about gaining abstinence, believe it or not. So what I would do is test myself. So I, I'd binge before I'd get to the meeting sometimes. And just just, because, just to see if it was my last uh, binge, I wanted one more. And then, of course, sometimes I would binge after the meeting to see if I got struck abstinent. And, you know... Like I said, I'm a crazy thinker, I'm a judgmental thinker, and um, you know what, one day, all of a sudden I heard this share. this lady, this is about the time Katrina happened in New Orleans, and she started saying that, you know, as she watched the people in Katrina, she just felt so sad, and she just wanted to binge. And the meeting actually almost stopped, and people went up to her and said, It's okay. And I realized, Well, maybe this is okay. They're not judging this woman, they're not calling her crazy. Um, and I stayed at that meeting. That's my home group now. And it's moved a couple times, but I'm still going there. And right now, I'm the secretary because I figure I have to do service if I want to keep that meeting going. But I remember that feeling of like, oh, God, what can I do? And, I, you know, and so, you know, I, I, I they actually, I said, okay, I got to find a sponsor. And I remember asking, there were two ladies in that meeting that said they were sponsors all the time. And I asked both of them and they said, no, because they only sponsor women. And so I found a meeting that had some guys and I finally had the nerve, the courage, however you want to say it to go up and talk to this one guy and ask him to be my sponsor. And he said, yes, but he says, call me at 7 o'clock. And it was the it was the Memorial, no, it was the September, so it was the Labor Day weekend. And uh, it was a Saturday, and I remember calling him at 7 o'clock, and he kept asking me these questions, and I kept saying, I don't know, or no, I, I don't do that yet, you know, this kind of thing. But there's this little part of me that just started saying yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I, I got a sponsor. And with that help from a sponsor, I there was, and when I started working the steps, a transformation happened. Something clicked inside of me and I don't know how and it wasn't my doing, but I became abstinent. And all the sponsees, all the people I sponsor, I always tell them, you know, it's not like you have a deal if you can go to like, you know, three meetings a week or, you know, if you read this literature or, you know, um, you know, they do these so, so many steps and you're going to become abstinent because it doesn't work that way. I was powerless over food and I needed a power greater than myself. And I found that power Somehow. Or well, maybe I maybe he was always there, and I just realized, and he just decided to let himself be known to me. I don't really know how to look at it, but I became abstinent. and that judgmental thinking, that self righteousness that I had changed. And you know, when I found my higher power, I started gaining faith in that higher power, and that fear and intolerance that that I had got replaced with patience, love, and acceptance. When newcomers show up, and we, I'm, I'm the Tuesday meeting that I go to, and, and it's in a little town called Torrance, California, which is a suburb of L.A., we went back to, um, in person. And, um, And the newcomers come in and I always talk to them. I always give them my number. Um, Because that's what they did for me when I walked in the door. Somebody was there you know welcomed me. I remember one time on a, a Friday night I was at a meeting in Long Beach California. And my mind was a thousand miles away from that meeting. I went to the meeting because my sponsor said I had to go to more meetings and I was sitting there, and I really wasn't listening to anybody. And at the break, this lady came up and put her hand on my shoulder, and I looked up at her, and she started talking to me, and she asked me where I was and what was going on. And it pulled me back into the meeting. And that's the thing that I I never understood, is that I don't have to do this alone anymore. And there's people out there. I got a call today from a lady in Orange County. She called me. And, um, you know... My life is good. Um, I mean, it's not anywhere perfect. And, uh, you know, I do have medical problems. I mean, you know, there's age. I mean, there's all this stuff that goes on with people. Um, But, you know, um, I get up in the morning and I start my daily routine. I reflect on what I did yesterday. Of course, I say my prayers. I pick up the literature and I read something. Um, I pick something out of the book, like I just said, about this thing about self-righteousness causing me harm. Um, And I write a paragraph on it. Maybe two. And then I turn around and call my sponsor in OA. And during the day, I make outreach calls. And I go to meetings. Some of us are still Zoomy. And, you know... But there's a few that are in-person. And I I really wish we'd all go back to in-person because I I get more out of the in-person ones. I find myself distracted when I'm looking at a computer and I can turn off my picture and I can do something else while I'm listening to the meeting. And it's just that, to me, when I'm in-person, I can't do that. I have to pay attention. So let's see what happened. Here I am. I got a sponsor. I start working the steps. Um, and then I started doing service. I remember the whole thing of like, you know, um, one of the meetings was big enough that they had a greeter and, you know, they, I said, well, I don't know any of these people in this meeting. So I raised my hand when it came time to be a greeter and I stood at the door and I put my hand out and I said, hi, I'm Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. And I got these names back and I started remembering people. And um our inner group needed somebody to do the newsletter um uh, which in in the South Bay area where I live, it's called the free flight and so um, my sponsor asked me to go to the intergroup meeting, and when it came time to ask for uh somebody to do the the service of doing the editor for the newsletter he he sort of elbows me and says raise your hand and i raise my hand and i got became the free flight editor for 3 years and again um i was doing service and it didn't take me that long to do it the thing that happened though is my sponsor would always tell me take some take, take some of the newsletters to that meeting over there and drive over there and take some of the newsletters to that meeting and i'm thinking well why am i going to these meetings why are not they're sending somebody to me to pick up the, free, the the newsletters? And, you know, what's so funny is I realized about two years later or three years later that what he was doing was getting me to see other meetings of OA. And I met people. And I know people that in L.A. intergroup, and I know people in Orange County intergroup. I've done speaking at the Pasadena group, I think that's called the Foothill group. Um <sighs> You know, and my life got calmer. Not so much that it changed, it's but I stopped reacting to it with food. Because that's what I used to do. If it got too overwhelming, I'd eat. If I got too happy, I'd overeat. I got to admit, if it was, you know, Tuesday, I'd overeat. So... You know, I just had no control over it. And I tried so many times, so many diets, so many gyms, going to doctors, doing all the things that we all do. You know, and I know that, you know, in the morning when I'd get up before OA and I'd say, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to eat my normal food. And if you put a lie detector on me, it would have shown that I'm telling the truth. And by 10 o'clock, I'm binging out of food out of the vending machine or I eat some donuts or who knows what. And it's because I am a compulsive reader. I'm an addict. No matter what I say, I just don't have the power. I'm a, I'm a sick person. I'm not a bad person. I'm a sick person. And I needed some help. And with the help of my sponsor, with the help of my higher power, with the people in the meetings, um, like I said, something clicked and I was transformed. And, you know... I try to make O.A. as inclusive as possible because everybody in that meeting is powerless over food one way or another. And I realize, you know, my chair, whatever that chair is in that meeting is mine, and and I'm proud to be an O.A. member. You know, I, I have a whole new family of people that I never even know we're out there, and I am home again. You know, I, I, I remember the first meeting. This one lady jumped up and gave me a hug and says, "Welcome home." And I I had I looked at her and I'm thinking, "I'm not home. I don't know what this means." Well, I am home. This is my. This is where I, I I'm safe to talk about food, and I, this is my crazy things with food. I'll tell you a couple little stories of crazy things with food. One, the, I used to buy, you know, food that was too hot to eat, like let's say chicken or something like that. I and mean, I'd be going down the freeway, and I'd roll the window down and stick the chicken out the window as I'm driving along, trying to cool it so I could eat it because it was too hot. And I remember after one of the meetings where I shared that kind of share, this man came up to me and goes, Frank, you're doing it wrong. You turn on your air conditioner and put the thing up next to exit the vent, and the air conditioning. And I said, "Ah, oh, I never thought of that." See, the you the people in these meetings think like me. We we want to eat more. I remember I saw this one guy arguing with a sponsor one time about the size of an apple, because the sponsor said you could have a fruit. Well, the apple was the size of a, it seemed like a size of a cantaloupe. But it was like, the sponsor said, no, you got to cut that in half. You can't have the whole thing. He says, but you said I could have one fruit. See, we're all lawyers. I mean, I had a sponsor one time who said he had stopped drinking sugar drinks. So we're working on the steps, and he's got this Coke in front of him. And I just said, "Uh, I thought you gave up sugar. And he goes, oh, this is not sugar. This is high-fructose corn syrup. I see, we're all lawyers. I know that five-minute general reminder. Thank you. I would just remember me doing stuff like that, too, trying to figure out how I can get past whatever, you know, this thing that my sponsor said to do or not to do. My sponsor was pretty good at the beginning. He gave me the structure that I needed. And a lot of people don't like structure, but I really needed it. I remember the time um, I was complaining about a meeting uh, because it wasn't – it didn't seem I had enough uh, recovery in it. So people were complaining about stuff, me being self-righteous and thinking that there's something wrong there. And what he told me, he said, Frank, okay, if you don't like that meeting, what are you putting into it? How are you changing it? Have you taken a service position? Have you tried to show people how to do it a better way? And I'm going, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I mean, I'm looking for a better meeting. He goes, well, make that meeting a better meeting. And that's the way my sponsor was. He always, you know, he didn't back down from telling me that, you know, the idea behind OA is not so much what you can get out of it, it's what you can put into it. Because the more you put in, the more you'll get back. What else happened to me? Uh, There was a part one time after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, which is a Friday, my wife went to work. We had had the whole family over our house, and I always tell them whenever they leave, You know, take everything away. Don't leave anything in the house. Well, my brother left the two half gallons of ice cream in the freezer. And I don't know why I opened the freezer door, but I saw the two half gallons. And my wife's not there, and I'm home alone. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I can. And then I said, no, I can't eat the ice cream. What can I do? Well. I was going to throw it in the trash, but in no way we, we throw food in the trash to save it for later. I said, okay, I can't do that. So what else could I do? And I said, well, I know I'll turn the hot water on and I'll run the ice cream through, the melt it all and throw the cartons away. And that's what I did. And I was so proud of myself. I'm patting myself in the back almost. And I called my sponsor and said, "Uh, you know what I did? I, I found two half gallons and I did this and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, who did you call? I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I know you didn't call me. Who did you call? And I said, uh, no one. He goes, Frank, when are you going to realize this is a WE program? You don't have to do this by yourself. And so it is a WE program. And, I'm, you know, when somebody called me, well, I got a little text message a couple of days ago asking if I do this because somebody dropped out or something. And I said, you know what, I'll do my best and try to let everybody know that There's hope in these rooms. There is a place where we can go and feel safe. And if we're willing to work and be honest and find that connection with your higher power, you got a chance of finding abstinence. I did. And, uh, you know, I had a good day today. And uh, I'm about to go have an abstinent dinner and then go to bed abstinent today. And uh, I am truly blessed. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Okay, I just need to stop the recorder.